hate spiders. Who like, like, who's with me? You're like, totally hates spiders. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. Now, I don't mind the little ones. The little ones, I'm like, yeah, get out of here, whatever, whatever. But when there's a huntsman, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like backing out towards the door. Unless there's a problem and the huntsman is above the door, in which case I'm stuck forever. Uh, it's terrible. Like I know God made these spiders and I know, I know they serve a purpose in the, the, the grand ecosystem and everything like that. They're part of the food chain. I just like for more of the food chain that's a level up to eat more of the spiders. Anyway. Huntsmen's particularly freak me out. And I could probably spend the, the whole rest of the day talking about the stories that I have just with huntsman spiders. There are so many to choose from today. Oh my goodness. But uh, I'm being a little bit vulnerable today. So you have to promise that you're not gonna use this against me, right? Because I watched every person who raised their hand. No, um, right? 1 Corinthians 13 says that love protects. So be nice, all right? Be kind, don't like be scheming to like freak people out with fakes. Don't, don't do that. Just be nice, all right. Anyway, um, years and years ago when, uh, when Josie was much younger, uh, she was on her bed in her room um, and freaking out because there was a massive huntsman near the top of the wall. So um, I've learned that if I have to deal with a huntsman, don't wait, just go for it. Just step right in, bam, here, here we go. Darren's coming at you, here we go, right? So I walk in, take both of my thongs off and I'm like, it's right up the wall. We got fairly high ceilings, it's right up on the wall and I'm like, here we go, here we go. So I, I leap up and hit this thing and accidentally flick it back onto my chest, in which case I am like, the adrenaline is like, and I'm like, and then it was already dead. I didn't know it at the time, but then I've got my two thongs and coming down like full pumped of adrenaline and I was like, die. And I'm like walking out the room, Okay, intense. Every spider that gets killed in my house, right, because they don't, they're not allowed in and then out. Like, gone are the days where someone goes, oh, I'll just put them on the broom and let them go outside. No, 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 no. And who's, who's putting them in cups? Who's getting them? No, no, that's crazy. Okay, I can't do that. They all die and then they go out on the front lawn as a warning to all other spiders, this house is not safe. Right? Now, I don't know if they're getting the memo because they keep coming back. But anyway, anyway, um, we, were, we were away on holidays recently. I, I'm, I'm getting a little bit of like, uh, like secondary adrenaline right now. This is crazy. Anyway, we were away on holidays and, uh, and, and Josie and Grace were, um, uh, Grace came away on holidays with us, so wonderful. And they were undoing the, the, the annex kind of windows because they're, you know, unzip, roll them up, tie it up, go around the back, Unzip, roll it up, tie it up, cool, cool, cool. Open the, open the caravan the annex in the morning, close it in the afternoon. Wonderful, cool, cool, cool. No worries. Anyway, there was a huntsman on, around the back next to the window that she was unzipping. And uh, so I hear this blood-curdling scream. It was more like a normal girl's scream, not a blood-curdling scream. And I, and I came running. She's like, there's a huntsman. And I'm like, my thong is already off. Here we go. 
So it wasn't that big. It was just kind of sitting next to the thing and I'm just like, I'm, Darren is like just moving towards, dealing with it and moving on. Not even gonna worry about it, not gonna think about it. Dead, great. But here's the deal. For the rest of the trip, Josie's like, I'm not, I'll, I'll, I'll unzip the side window, but I'm not going around the back. And I'm like, okay, cool, I'll do it, I'll do it, no worries. But every single time that I went round the back to unzip, I'm looking at the spot, like there's gonna be another spider there. Like I've never seen a spider, two different spiders, because the first one's clearly dead. I've never seen two different spiders in exactly the same spot. Like, and, but I'm checking, I'm like, whoa, well, and I'm unzipping and I'm like checking into the little flap here, okay, we're all good, everything's fine, right? Every single time. And the Holy Spirit, this never happened to me before. The Holy Spirit imprinted that on my mind and said, that's for this Sunday, for this particular preach. So we're gonna come back to that. Spider on the annex, all right? Because every single time I would do the little job, I'm opening up the van in the morning, I'm checking, oh, and there's a little, a little bit of fear that just leaps out. This tiny little bit of fear that comes because I'm looking at where the bad thing happened. Today I'm breaking some rules, all right? And I'm doing that because Pastor Simo preached on this psalm two weeks ago. Uh, and so this is, it's the same psalm. It's a very different message, okay? But it's the same psalm. All right, cool. <laughs> all good. Actually, actually, you guys are so blessed because we have such a, a, a varied preaching team and we all hear God so well and, uh, and we're bringing stuff. So this is, kind of, this is part three of the soundtrack of summer, but this is kind of part two of Simo's message. So, so cool. And if you ever miss one, you can always catch up on YouTube or our podcast as well. But this particular psalm, God was speaking to Beck about on holidays and she shared it with me. And I was like, whoa, that's for us for the year. There's no doubt about it. So powerful. So it's Psalm 144. So if you've got your Bible, you've got your phone, you've got your, you know, don't, don't scroll on Instagram right now, right? But go, go on your phone, jump over to Psalm 144. I'm in the NIV translation, which is where I pretty much live. It's good. Psalm 144 verse, I'm just gonna read the first couple of verses and then a couple of verses at the end. And we're gonna link them together. It's gonna be great. Ready? Ready? Cool, all right, great, great. Psalm 144 verse one says, praise be to the Lord my rock. Love that. Who trains my hands for self-care, my fingers for scrolling social media. Nope. Who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. Now, self-care is great. Taking self-care to be your number one goal in life, not great. Let's move on. Verse two, he is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. He's going through some stuff. Let's jump over to verse 12. Then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants. And our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. 
Our barns will be filled with every kind of provision. Our sheep will increase by thousands, by tens of thousands in our fields. Our oxen will draw heavy loads. There'll be no breaching of walls, no going into captivity, no cry of distress in our streets. Whoa. Let's pray. God, I wanna pray that we would hear you today. That through this word that you would be speaking to every heart. And I pray for courage as well. Courage to respond even if we don't feel like it. Courage to respond to what you're leading us to do even if we're scared, even if we're worried. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, verse one again and then verse 12 again, ready? Verse one says, "'Praise be to the Lord my rock "'who trains my hands for war, "'my fingers for battle.'" Verse 12, then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. Love it. These these verses are really powerful for Beck and I right now, particularly those two together. Like with where our family's at right now, with the stuff that, like we're, we're being called back to battle, called back to war, called back to prayer, called to enter the fray for our family. Um, So if you're writing notes, write this down. I am called to the fight. Right, so there's a few things I gotta say, right? There is a spiritual battle happening around you all the time. You might not feel it, you might not see it, you're gonna receive the the, the ramifications of that battle, but uh, you're in it. You've always been in it. You're never, apart from when you get to heaven, gonna be out of it. There's a spiritual battle happening 24-7 and you are in the middle of it. Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in their heavenly realms, right? So we're not in a physical battle. Your boss is not your enemy. Don't be like fisticuffs, right? Go to prayer, okay? It's a spiritual battle, not a physical battle, all right? And the battle is primarily for the souls of men and women. Boys and girls, that's... That's the primary battle that we are here to fight. We're here to fight for people's salvation, for people to know and walk with Jesus like you and I. That's what we're here for, to partner with Christ, to partner with the Holy Spirit and advance the kingdom and build the church, right? And so we're invited, no, 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 we're we're, we're called, no, we're expected to participate in this fight. And you're in it, whether you like it or not. 2 Corinthians 10 verse four says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. They're not the weapons of the world. And we're not just talking AK-47s. We're talking gossip. We're talking slander, right? There's, we don't fight with the weapons that the world fights with. Instead, we battle in prayer in declaration, in spiritual warfare, in relentless love, in acts of kindness, in revealing the gospel. And our position is from a place of total victory, complete utter victory that Jesus secured for us on 
the cross and through the resurrection. And I love that David in this Psalm, he's landing on three things, three big things, that if, if God's doing this and I'm trained for war, then these three things are gonna happen. And the first one is that the next generation is gonna stand up tall, is gonna know, know God. Then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants. That's what I want from my sons. And our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. That's what I want for our daughters. The next generation of souls are gonna be won through the prayers of this generation. So how are they gonna fare? Because I might need to up the ante a little bit. Do you? How often are you praying for the next generation? Because I'm a little bit consumed with my own stuff going on. But every now and then I'll be on a walk and I'll be like, yes, God, revival for the city, yes, yes. But now about my stuff. <laughs> Is that you? Do you do that too? Like we need to, we need to have a, a prayer list and on Wednesdays I'm praying for this. Uh, like let's, let's be praying for the next generation. Let's be praying for the souls of men and women in our city. Let's be praying for our youth, for Emily and Isaac, for Victory Youth, for youths right across the city, for schools, for SRE. Like, let's be praying. Let's be people of prayer. The world's not gonna change when I'm sitting, just being comfortable and internal and self-care all over. I got nothing against self-care. I do a lot of it, right? <laughs> perhaps too much. That's why I'm telling you not to do it because it's really for me. But the other two things that David's talking about here, right, when he says, our barns will be filled. He's talking about provision. And then he goes and he says, there'll be no breaching of walls, no going into captivity, no cry of distress in our streets. He's talking about the protection and the safety of God's people. I just love that David wants to participate in what God's doing. I, I, I normally just want God to participate in what I'm doing. Hey God, kind of doing some stuff over here. Be cool if you would bless it. And David's like, train me. I want in. Whatever you're doing, I want to participate in. Like, whoa, David's cool. But back to the spider on the annex. Because sometimes, every one of us, we get stuck. Because you know what happens in a war? People get hurt. I just, I just finished listening late last year to a 39-hour book on World War I. A lot of people got hurt. And in a spiritual war, people get hurt. Like we're traveling along in life and you know, we're walking with God, trying to serve in the house and then something happens to us and we get hurt or we get injured, uh, we get wounded, there's a thing, there's a situation. Maybe it's as bad as a trauma. This horrible thing happens and it sticks to us, it stays with us. It lives in our soul rent free. And then it affects how we live. It affects our decisions. It affects how we serve and how we love, how we partner with God or not. 
And here's the issue. The issue is that we don't often seek healing for wounds of the soul. We just change churches. Or we get a divorce. Or we stay estranged from our family. Or we end up lonely. Or we just turn into a bitter human being. That situation that we experience, the wound from that thing, it becomes the spider on the annex that we're always looking towards. That's triggering fear in us. That's stopping us from engaging in the fight that we're all here for. This little trigger thing that reminds me that actually I'm small and scared. It reminds me that I'm not more than a conqueror. If you're writing notes, this one's gonna sound sad. But write this down, fear can hold me down. Every one of us has got a spider on the annex. Maybe your soul is filled with, with trigger points. Like so many things. And I watch a show or someone says something and I'm like triggered into fear. Maybe some of us are, are, are broken. Well, all of us are broken, some of us more than others. And certain things trigger this fear off. Like the enemy loves to trigger our fear. The enemy knows that I hate spiders, right? Put up your hand if you've ever seen a spider on the floor in Woolworths. This week, my daughter, okay, cool. You and me, babe. This week, I'm at the self-serve checkout and I'll finish my stuff and I'm thinking about the message and spiders and annexes and all kinds of stuff and I'm leaving Woolworths and I'm like, hello there. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and I just continued on. That was my service to the world, to all of the rest of the staff of Woolworths. Okay, Darren's killed your spider. He's moving on. Darren's a winner. <laughs> I'm out, right? But the enemy loves to trigger off our fears. He loves to remind us of the wounds, the, the thing that happened, the, the, the time that we failed. Or maybe there's like a call to action, like in church or something. Maybe there's opportunity to serve and you're like, I'm not serving because I got hurt when I served last time. I put up my hand and then that thing happened and I don't know if I can do that again. Or we round into a, some kind of similar situation that happened before and we are all over the shop. All the feelings kind of flood back again. And then the problem is that we stay small. We stay wounded. And then we're ineffective. And we're disconnected from what God is really doing. He trains my hands for war. I'm like, I don't know if I wanna be in the, in the fight. I'm just, uh, I'm over here. And instead of allowing the Father to heal what's going on inside of us, we just learn to say no. He wants us to love well, to be whole. Wholeness is my word for the year. Wholeness. And so we keep saying no. And then it affects every area of our lives. And our spouse is trying to engage with us to, to help to fix what's going on in our marriage. And we're like, I'm out. I can't do this. It's, it's only gonna end the same way it ended last time. It's only gonna end in, in a fight. Nah, nah, let's keep, it, let's keep it peaceful. 
false peace. Or maybe we don't go for that promotion at work because last time you did, you went for it and then you didn't get it and now there's this, this wound in your soul because you're embarrassed and now everyone knows and you're like, oh, I'm just gonna keep it here. Or you don't start that business or you don't re-engage with that family member or you don't talk about Jesus to your neighbor or to anyone because something bad happened once and then when you go to share, you're like, oh, I don't know if I can. And it's your spider on the annex that's triggering the fear to prevent you from engaging in what God is doing. And this spider's like, well, you got hurt. Well, you failed. Well, that person did that thing or they said that thing. Well, God didn't speak to you and he spoke to somebody else. Nothing good happened then. I felt left out. I didn't get anything out of the thing. And it's this reminder of how small you might be or how bad things might be. And so we look at the reminder instead of the truth. We stay fixated on the fear instead of moving with the Father into a place of healing. And so we shrink back and we play it safe and we soldier on. Who knows the, the, the ad, Codrill. Soldier on with Codrill. Soldier on, soldier on, right? Right? Like, let's take a tablet instead of fixing the... That's not, let's not get started on that. <laughs> and so we make all these poor excuses so I don't have to engage in the area that I'm most sensitive about. But that is often what the Father wants to do. Years ago, we were on a network passes retreat. Like, I'm thinking... I don't know, 15 years ago, Eric and Christine Harrison from C3 Corumban were there and he said this thing and I've never forgotten it. God only ever brings something to the surface of your life because he wants to heal it. He's not trying to re-aggravate the pain or the fear. He's trying to bring you to a place of wholeness. Don't just soldier on. Say yes to God. He's like, I wanna heal you. I want to set you free. I want to transform your life. Like maybe you got hurt in church and now you can't bring yourself, right? Maybe you got, let God do the work. Holy Spirit, right now, just start to reveal areas that you want to heal in every single heart. In Jesus' name. Number three, if you're writing notes, write this down. A safe place to heal. Verse two, let's go back to Psalm, Psalm 144. Because after he trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle, I'm like in. I'm like, yes, come on, this is gonna be so good. And then he says this, he says, he is my loving God. What? He says, and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer. He's like, David's like, he is who I go to when I am scared. When I do not know what is going on or what to do, he is my fortress, my strong tower. He goes on, he says, he's my shield in whom I take refuge. It's like some of us have this cage over our lives of fear. And Jesus is walking around with the master key to all the cages. But we keep saying, no, 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 next one. No, 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 move on. 
Years ago, uh, I've shared this story, so I'll be brief. I had a huge blow up with my neighbor, enormous. And then, and, but then God used it as a catalyst for a journey that he wanted me to go on. Funny how God does that. It's an incredible three-year journey of identity and freedom and healing of Darren's soul because of a huge blowout with my next-door neighbor. And so for ages, I was so, so scared to talk to my other neighbors, thinking everyone's in on it. They're all chatting behind the scenes about what a loser Darren is. And I was... I would close, this is how bad it got, I would close the blinds at the front every day because I was worried people were looking in. Paranoid. But I stayed open to God. And after a while, I'm like, that is ridiculous thinking. And God started to heal that fear. And the relationship that we have with our neighbors now, we get invited to Christmas, like Christmas Eve dinner. Let's hang out on the deck. Conversations, we're always helping each other out. You know, people pop over. Do you have it, like any sort of, what are they, cake pans that have to be this high and this round? We're like, I'm like Beckwill, I'm guaranteeing that. And now I pray for them on a, on a day, not on a daily, on a regular basis by name. Write this down, old hurts keep us from new battles. And old fears keep us from building the church and advancing the kingdom. He trains my hands for war, for war, for battle. So that our sons are the next generation. But in order to stop saying no, to, to God, like we've got to start saying yes. It's like, God, I can't possibly work with you on this one because I keep getting triggered and God's like, cool, let's deal with that. Yeah. Let's heal that. And maybe, like maybe at this point in the message, you know what that thing is because I prayed about it, we're talking about it and you're like, there's a thing. <laughs> I can see the thing. I know the thing. I know the wound. I know what's going on. And you're like, I still don't want you, God, to touch it. Because you're struggling to fully trust him. Or that thing has formed part of your identity now and now you're defending your position based on that thing. You're not prepared to respond to an altar call, a beckoning of the Holy Spirit, because that's the issue. The issue is that you're not willing to say yes to God, get me whole because I can't deal with this anymore. Like, I'm fine how I am, I made peace with my brokenness, I'm all good. Like, we, we often, I often wonder, why did Jesus say to the crippled man, what can I do for you? It's because not everyone wants to be whole. I mean, most of the time, I'm pretty comfortable with my brokenness. I'm pretty, I, I, I'm, I manage it pretty well. It's not too disruptive most of the time. My wife might say otherwise. But I'm like, no, 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 this is cool. I, I can manage. I can manage with this level of dysfunction. I'm all right. I'm all right. But the Father calls us to wholeness, to healing, to transformation. He sees what is possible. 
You know, there's a banquet in front of us and I'm happy with chicken bones on the side. Yes, there's gonna be discomfort if you say yes to God, 100%. And there's also gonna be some work. The work of applying truth. The work of constant surrender. The work of vulnerability. The work of maybe talking to somebody else about it so you can get, right? We're not, we're not all walking here solo. We're here as a community. But the Father sees what life and love and relationships and fruitfulness can look like for us. And he's like, just let me make you whole. So, let's round this out. There is a battle. It's always on. It's always happening. We have a church to build, a kingdom to advance in our city and beyond. There's a generation of souls to win. There's a battle going on around us and we are all expected to participate. But there are pockets of fear in our souls. Spiders on our annex. Triggers that set off past fears due to failures and situations that happened. But unless we open ourselves up to the Father's loving healing, nothing's gonna change. We're gonna stay the same. 